0: Welcome to the Happier and Healthier Podcast with Nest. My name is Bridget Lavin. I am your host, and today we have a very special episode planned. Today, we have Susanna Kerwin on the show, and she has been in medicine for most of her life. She's a clinician and nurse practitioner of functional medicine, and we're going to talk a little bit about functional medicine as well as epigenetics. Susanna, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am so excited, and I want to go ahead and just dive right in. So to start, I want to just ask the most basic question, which is, what is functional medicine? I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe heard the word and they have no idea what it is. So could you give us a really basic definition to start us off?
1: Definitely. I think functional medicine is an, it is like integrative medicine. So basically, we don't just use... Um, herbs and spices and that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be fully natural. It can, we can use whatever's available to us. And basically, you're looking at um, the whole person. So instead of, like, seeing a person in your office that comes in and you're just talking about whatever disease state that has occurred, we are looking to find root causes and kind of find the threads that um, connect all of the systems together. And we're not just compartmentalizing or siloing Medical experience, so
0: that's so interesting. And how did you get into this type of medicine?
1: Yes, um, I think it was kind of a natural progression, even from high school, because I was very interested in nutrition and kind of um, solving things from a holistic viewpoint. Like I had acne as a teen, and I kind of um, had met somebody who was a vegan, and she used to have the same problem, and you know, it kind of led me to like go look at natural food stores, and then fast forward a few years, and I um, was a nurse and living in San Francisco, and I developed kind of a, to me it was embarrassing, an embarrassing medical problem, and it was flat warts on my face. Wow. Yeah, and they were, you know, subtle. Like, you, you could barely see them, but I could. And I went to see three different dermatologists. They all had completely different perspectives, like, how to treat this. And um, one, even down to one MD who said, that's just your skin, which I was like, oh. no, this is not my skin. So I um, went through some painful and, like, aggressive treatments, and the worst thing it was is that it didn't work. And so, you know, I'm, I'm living my life. I decide I'm going to move to China and, and have an, a different experiences all going on at the same time as medical things do. And I got to China and ended up seeing a Chinese medicine doctor there, and she had a different perspective. She said, you know, what's happening here is that your immune system is not working properly, and that, like, this type of problem affects children usually, and you're an adult, and... We need to boost your immune system, and that I think is going to help you. So she gave me some herbs that were all like targeted for immune function, and like three weeks later, after dealing with this problem for over a year, everything cleared up. Wow, it was amazing to all me. Of it, just all gone. of it, and never came back.
0: That's incredible.
1: It was incredible, and I mean, just having that perspective of like, okay, we're looking at this incorrectly because. Warts are actually a virus, so it makes sense that if your immune system was strong, mm. it would fi- your body would fight it off, and they wouldn't take
0: root. Yeah. So. Wow, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I think I love hearing stories of people healing, and especially from maybe an alternative method than what they're used to. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you, you got really inspired in the last few years to even take functional mes- medicine a bit further and start well. Yes,
1: yes. Um, so I had been practicing for about 10 years in primary care in uh, Manhattan, in New York, and um, which was really awesome. I love, like, meeting people and just, like, learning about their lives and kind of seeing them through, you know, through these different stages in life. But I noticed with my population of patients that I was serving there um, that oftentimes they would come in and they would have complaints of fatigue or anxiety or, you know, other, other things going on, IBS, and we would look at their blood work, the standard blood work that everybody does in primary care, and everything would be normal. <laughs> and it was, oh. it was frustrating for yeah. me as a provider and for the patient because it's like, okay, well, you know, I guess you're going to go see a GI doctor, and then they just put people on medication, So, like, um, for me, because I have a holistic degree, like, I was already talking about nutrition and exercise and stress reduction with patients, but I think looking even further and having more labs to look at nutritional deficiencies and heavy metals and toxic exposures and things like that have really, like, helped my patients and me find more information to explain how they feel, because they know they're not totally perfect and, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think perfection is the wrong word to use, but just to be in a more optimal state and get get people back to balance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And so you mentioned too that functional medicine is about the root cause. And when you're like doing these different types of blood work, you're kind of searching for that root cause. Yes. Um, And I'm curious, like, How often, once you find the root cause, is it something that can be easily changed through, like, lifestyle or herbs versus, like, oh, this is a bigger issue. We need to do full-on Western prescription medications.
1: Yes, I think that's a great question. And I think um, what I'm constantly reminding myself and my patients, too, is that it's probably not just one thing, too. It could be, you know, multi-layered. So, but I, you know, we do find things, and it's hard to say, like, oh, that's it. Like, that was it. Like, we found your Lyme, Lyme disease, or we found um, that you have high mercury levels, and, you know, but when, anything that we find, we correct, and hopefully is putting the patient closer to feeling well and being in balance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers the question, yeah, really, no, but... no,
0: no, that's interesting. I, I just... you know, I'm very curious about the approach of functional medicine and the approach towards root cause. You also mentioned um, taking into account the whole person. Yes. And I would love to hear a little bit more about that as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm always adding to that, what that picture means, and it kind of means that we (laughs) have a very long first meeting because I'm really gathering all aspects of a person's life, even down to, like, their birth, You know, like I like to know if somebody had birth complications and what that was like coming into the world, whether it was a C-section, which is not necessarily a complication in our modern world, but it does provide, you know, it's a difference between somebody who had a vaginal birth and may have been inoculated with a microbiome from their parent, right? Mm -hmm. So I like to know about all of that history and kind of there's a lot of new – well, is it new – (laughs) There's a lot of research now about just like early childhood traumas and how Mm -hmm. that can affect future health. So I like to explore that kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it might feel odd, I think, to patients because they're not used to be be asking that kind of question from their provider. Mm -hmm. But I think it is really important to have some knowledge of that childhood experience.
0: Yeah, I love that approach and I love this idea that you know, disease and, and illnesses might have come from something in childhood, might have come from a trauma, or might have come from a lifestyle choice. Um, and I think that kind of leads into the next question, and slowly working our way to epigenetics, like how much of of illness and disease is based on lifestyle versus our genes?
1: Yes, so I was thinking about that actually the other day, and I think, you know, as much as 50 to 70% is really lifestyle from my point of view Um, and you know I think we all have these genetic tendencies you know in families you'll see people trending maybe having diabetes um, strongly in a family and that correlates with their DNA but also it's the epigenetics the nurture piece what they're doing in their nutrition and their exercise movement stress levels connection community all of that that piece plays a huge role in how our genes are turned on or off, which is the epigenetics piece. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned epigenetics, and I did too. Um, I'd love to break down this word a little bit more and just give people who have never heard the word a little bit more a basic definition of what it is. Definitely. So epigenetics is really the
1: process by which our DNA gets turned on or off, and what I mean by that is that your DNA, the genes that you're born with, they don't change, but there's a layer of information, whether it's proteins or chemical messenger, like a methyl group, mm-hmm. that lays on top of our DNA. And epi literally means on top, so mm-hmm. epigenetics on top of the genes, this information, and it, it interacts with our genes. And I think before, we didn't know that. We just thought, oh, you have genes... Um, somebody, you know, like my aunt has MS, right, and, and as a person, I, I've, um, as a regular human, I have been concerned for myself, like, ooh, is that going to play out in my family, in me? Is that going to be a thing? But it doesn't, that, I think epigenetics shows us that we, that genes are really not our destiny, necessarily. It's also about the nurture piece, like what, what we're doing in our lives and our environment and like my aunt happened to have lived most of her life in the pacific northwest where she didn't get a lot of sun and it was in a time period where they don't know they didn't really realize that vitamin d played such a huge role and like that Mm. could be an epigenetic piece there like where she lived and like her vitamin d status
0: Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. So for someone listening to this that maybe has, like, a gene predisposed to diabetes, like, would you say that epigenetics kind of builds a really hopeful case that there's a lot of things we can do to build new information on top of that gene?
1: One hundred percent, yes, and that is something I love about this concept and this amazing new field of research, gathering this information to to bolster The humble recommendations that we give, especially in um, functional medicine or preventative medicine, like, you know, let's eat leafy green vegetables. Aha! Now we see that this folic acid that lives in the, that exists in your green leafy vegetables, it translates into methyl groups that go on top of our DNA and influence
0: how that DNA works. So. Oh, so we really need to eat our greens. <laughs> yes. yes, we do. <laughs> yes. Really. Wow, that's so interesting. Uh, what are some of those, like other kind of basic recommendations that you, you offered people um, as far as just like solid lifestyle choices for healthy living? Yes, I think
1: the number one thing that I am constantly telling myself too and <laughs> my family and my patients is really to get moved movement into their life. Exercise is really huge and really can stave off so many um, chronic disease states. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a a huge thing, just getting moving. And then nutrition is another big part of it. So eating real food, Mm -hmm. it just has to, you know, can be very simple. It doesn't have to be complicated if you avoid processed foods and, or most processed foods. And Focus on whole foods, apples, (laughs) you know, quinoa. Like, it doesn't even have to be, like, something hippie-ish either. It can just be food. Mm -hmm. And um, what else can I tell you? Sleep, I think, is huge. We talk about sleep a lot in my practice. And even just investigating what's happening with your sleep. Are you getting good sleep quality, quantity? Um, Is there something else going on? Like, sleep apnea. Let's rule that out and make sure you're getting the quality sleep that you need. Yeah, I
0: love that. We talk a lot about sleep at Nest Health Connections as well. Yes. <laughs> so I, mean, I think it's so important, just sleep and water and exercise. Yes. And uh, I think people get tired of hearing it, but when it comes to like disease and illness, they really are the key preventers. And, and as you mentioned with epigenetics, they're a way to like write new stories on top of our genes. Yes, I like how you put that. Yeah, I really love that. Um, so This isn't completely off topic, but I'm just curious. I've done a decent amount of reading myself on kind of gene transformations, and I know that there's a couple scholars and key people out there that are are really trying to build a case for this idea that our mind and our thought plays a lot into our health. So I know Dr. Joe Dispenza is very popular. He wrote Becoming Supernatural, and uh, he can be controversial because he's basically saying like you can heal any disease with your, desi- with your mind, which is mm-hmm. a little out there. But, you know, Deepak Chopra had another one um, called Reinventing the Body, Resurrecting the Soul, in which he kind of said the same thing. And as someone that's, you know, familiar with epigenetics. And in this fundamental medicine world, I'm just kind of curious your thoughts. Like, do you think that our thoughts play a role in our health?
1: Definitely. I mean, I think, especially in terms of stress, right? Like, I know I'm definitely guilty of this. It's like reliving moments that I want wanted to go a different way. And, you know, I might be in the shower, where, which could be a relaxing moment for me. But I'm reliving this, like, stressful moment. And that is definitely causing something to happen inside your body physio- physiologically. It's raising your cortisol, and that has effects like even causing your blood sugar to climb.
0: Because
1: mm. your body thinks that you're preparing for fight or flight. So your liver says, hey, I'm going to make some sugar so you can like run away from this saber-toothed tiger. But in reality, our modern saber-toothed tiger is really the state of mind that we're in. Mm. So I think that that makes sense to me, and... You know,
0: (laughs) I love how you put that. And I like I kind of just got goosebumps because just hearing you talk about how, you know, the memory of a traumatic event can take a physical journey in its body Mm -hmm. or in in our bodies. I I loved how you explained that. And I I personally am on the side that our thoughts are really powerful. I don't know that our thoughts can heal cancer, but I definitely think they make a, a big difference in our in our in our health. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I love that. Um, so I have a couple more questions. I'm loving all of this, by the way, (laughs) I feel like I I just want to re-listen to this already because it's, I think it's just so hopeful to know that there's more we can do, um, on our own to take care of our bodies that we don't necessarily need prescription medicine all the time or to buy something from Walgreens or, you know, yeah, herbs are helpful, but a lot of what you've mentioned are just things you can do for free, like take a walk outside and sleep well. (laughs) So I really am loving this. Um, So along with some of those habits that you mentioned, like what are some of the next steps people can take if they are curious um, about epigenetics? Do you have any book recommendations or podcasts other than this one that you might share?
1: Definitely. I really love this naturopath. Her name is Kara Fitzgerald, and she wrote a book called Younger You, which is pretty new, actually. It's still in hard cover Um, so check check her out she really dives deep into the science behind epigenetics and then she has a very actionable section of the book which even provides recipes that you could try out and I think I think she's a really smart person and I, I really love what she has to say another uh podcast that I listen to a lot um I was telling my sister-in-law about this guy, and she she doesn't like him for some reason. But <laughs> his name's Peter Attia, and I think he might be a bit controversial in some ways. But I've been reading his new book um, uh, about longevity, and he talks about epigenetics a lot. And I think I like what he has to say because a lo- most of it is well researched and set in science. And it's not—it's the same thing that I was saying before. He's not—he is not. F- throwing away conventional medicine, like, he takes statins because he has a heart condition genetically, and, like, his family has a genetic predisposition to die early from heart disease, and he talks about the whole epigenetic piece, but he's not going to throw away statin medication if that's going to also help him, so I like how he's kind of rolling that together and presenting it to people, Mm.
0: um, Awesome. And for those of you that are listening, I will definitely make sure to include both that book and the podcast in the description, um, as well as all of Susanna's information and how to contact her. Um, So, you know, along with epigenetics, we did talk about functional medicine. And is there like a good way to go about finding a functional medicine? Like do you just Google function medicine (laughs) doctor? Do you go to dot? Like how, if you wanted to find one in your area, like what do you do?
1: Yes, good question. I think actually on ZocDoc you could put in integrative medicine and see if something came up. But I always use um, the Institute for Functional Medicine, ifm.org. Okay. They are the um, gold standard, I'd say, for training um, physicians, nurse practitioners, naturopaths, acupuncturists, that kind of thing. They have a very rigorous program, so anyone who is, has been certified through them um, is a good bet. Also, there's another group called a for m and they, I think it's a4m.com, and they have more of a longevity focus, but they also do have a wide group of functional medicine doctors that you can kind of go through state by state.
0: Okay, that's, those are great recommendations, and super good to know, because I was just Googling functional medicine doctors, um, and are these doctors usually covered by insurance, or is it just kind of 50-50? A lot of them are not covered by
1: insurance. I'm going to be upfront about that. I, I have seen some practices who do a combination, so they might have like a annual fee, and then they bill insurance that way. I think mostly because, and it's the same thing in my practice, actually, it's basically fee-for-service or out-of-network, kind of like a therapist, and you can submit your super bill to get reimbursed. But it's just the amount of time and the lack of preventive codes that exists for insurance billing. It's all based yeah. on sickness. So if a patient doesn't have a diagnosis or has met their their amount, then it gets really hard to be reimbursed as a provider spending that
0: time. Yeah, yeah, that is a little bit frustrating. But I would say, like, I don't know, from everything that I've heard about functional medicine, like it's definitely worth it, especially if you've been struggling with kind of a mystery illness, like mystery warts or something, and you're just, like, not really sure what's going on, like, functional medicine might be, you know, your best bet.
1: I think so. I mean, I definitely, even for myself, I will see, I see my own functional medicine provider, and even though I'm in the industry and in healthcare, I always find it valuable to see her perspective and yeah. have someone guiding me.
0: Yeah. When I feel extra lucky here because I'm based in Denver where you are, so I can <laughs> reach out to you and your yes, Tendwell clinic. Time. And if you are listening in the Denver area, like maybe skip the Google and go right to Susanna Kerwin at Tendwell because she is fabulous. And Thank I really so have much. enjoyed like talking with you about this. And me too. I love the hope that it gives people the hope and, and, and the power that like health is more in their hands. Definitely, um, for sure. Totally agree. So I have one more question that I like to ask all my podcast gu- guests, oh, and yeah. <laughs> I I <laughs> always like to have just just like fun one little fun surprise one. So if you were going to stand on a stage in front of a million people tomorrow and give a speech for fifteen minutes on a topic, what would it be?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Hmm. Of course, I'm thinking about epigenetics right <laughs> now, but um, a topic. 15 minutes.
0: Hmm. You'd maybe want to be a little familiar because you only have 24 hours to prepare. (laughs) I know you're right. I probably would
1: um, talk about functional medicine because I was talking, I actually spoke with a childhood friend this week and she wrote a book. So I was congratulating her on this and she was, we were talking about my practice and she was like, I'm sure you're going to be really successful when, once people find out what functional medicine is and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) oh no (laughs) and um, she lives in Texas but she's from California like me and she's very educated and I, I just was like oh gosh shoot I'm just in a little bubble people don't know what it is and I think you know to get the word out there because we have such a system that's based on illness and I mean I feel like Michael Moore did that documentary like 15, 20, maybe 15 years ago now about, um, about how this system is not working for people. And I don't think I heard, I've heard that much about it since. And so I would want to bring this to people's attention, just the idea of the agency that it provides and the fact that you don't need to just accept the healthcare that exists right now in front of you. Like we can ask for more
0: and it's there, it's available. I love that. I would be there for that that yeah. speech, that 15-minute speech. <laughs> Thank you. Is there are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share to say about fun, you know, functional medicine, epigenetics, anything?
1: I think sometimes uh, the reason why functional medicine might not be taking off is that it's actually not that easy sometimes. Mm. And that is, you know, a piece that we haven't really talked about. I mean, it's easy to get the advice like eat better, sleep more, like, de-stress, but how do we do that, and how do we keep on trucking along when, you know, we have setbacks, because everybody does, and, you know, I think about myself, like, I've always been a person who's suffered from migraines, and so it's been, like, two steps forward, one step back, and, like, trying to kind of just keep going when you're, like, oh, wow, I tried that elimination diet, but it didn't seem to help my X, Y, or Z, like, you know, I don't, how do we keep going forward when we have these setbacks? Mm. So that's not the most hopeful
0: note to end no, on. No, I think, I think it's realistic. I think it is it hopeful in the sense that, like, if you had setbacks, don't give up, yes. right? Like, yeah. that you know, sometimes health is a trial and error process of, like, yeah. okay, elimination diet didn't work. Let's go ahead and try this whole foods diet, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah and I, I think, like, I was talking to another friend who said to me like, oh, I tried all these supplements and then I stopped them and nothing nothing changed. And I, I was interested in that idea because it, I feel like that probably is an experience that a lot of people have. And I don't think a lot of people need to be on tons of supplements anyway, but sometimes things are happening behind the scenes mm-hmm. and like we can't see them. So that's frustrating. And that's the same thing that we were talking about with epigenetics. We can't see what's happening with the epigenetics turning something on or off mm-hmm. necessarily, right, but just to have that confidence in our bodies, if we're giving them the right material and the right environment, that our bodies will, you know, continue to work properly and function in a healthy way.
0: Yeah. It's so true. And also just, you know, to remember that even once you get to an ideal state of health or balance, like yeah. there's maintenance, you know, yes, like there's always, true. there's always maintenance. So, you know, whether you're you know, still figuring out what the right balance is, or maybe you found the right balance, and then you have a lifestyle change, or yes. you might have to change things up. And so just remembering that health, even when it's optimal, is still a lifelong journey.
1: It is a lifelong journey, and I have noticed that with um, practicing with patients as well because sometimes people will think, oh, I'll, I'll just solve this up in, like, two visits, and you're yeah. good. But like, like you're saying, unless, you know, it is more of a journey, and it's just sometimes you need more check-ins because you may be having a suboptimal experience, and other times you might be in that maintenance phase where things are going really smoothly.
0: So. yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot to think about, but also, like, it's kind of like walking and movement. When we suggest this habit of walking and movement, it's like, you're not just going to walk and move for, like, a couple months and then be like, okay, I'm good now. Yes. You know, it's like, no, you're going to want to walk and and find movement regularly for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, so... Um, yeah, health is a long, a long-term maintenance project, and it it, but it feels more hopeful with with you know practitioners like you and functional medicine and new research on epigenetics. It feels more hopeful.
1: Yes, it definitely does. I think it epigenetics is showing us that our actions do matter, and
0: it's a long game we're playing here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for coming in and talking about all of this with me. I really enjoyed it. And uh, again, to the listeners, I'll make sure to have the podcast and the book and also those functional medicine websites that you recommended. I'll also put in your information. So, again, if you're Denver based or you do remote as well,
1: I do. Um, I'm York and Oregon
0: okay amazing yeah I definitely think we have some listeners in Oregon so um, we'll put in all of Susanna's information and just thank you again for being here thank you so much for having me this was so fun yeah all right thank you to the listeners take care